Cabinet Sports fans? Christian Pedersen. Silva. Oh, wait. Cody De Silva. And Noah Laxman. Look, nobody ever said I was good at hosting or producing radio. Welcome back to another edition of the San Diego Prep Insider High School Football Preview Show. This one for week three of the San Diego CIF section. This show, as all of our shows, is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more information, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. It's coffee for athletes, something you should all go check out. It is what allows uh, our Instagram account to be posting nonstop all weekend long because I'm charged up on that. And also, guys, I'm charged up on a historic week of San Diego High School football. Um, I know this is the preview show, but we do have to go back and just say congratulations again to El Elyon Noah for uh, surpassing Reggie Bush as the all-time school rushing leader at Helix. And also a uh, congratulations to the Grossmont Foothillers for setting the single-game offensive record with 847,691 <laughs> off. No, no, they didn't really have that. Uh, if you guys could have seen Noah Laxina's face right now. I almost dro- he I was, dropped my jaw right now. Yeah. Um, so here's what we got on slate for you guys. Connor Morissette from Scorebook Live is going to join us to give some insight into the uh, intersection games that we got going on. At the very end of this, we got a player interview from one of the most standout running backs in San Diego. Noah's got a slate of games. I've got a slate of games. Bodie's got a slate of games. We're all eating some pizza. Uh, so if you want to uh, DM us your favorite pizza toppings, we will read those off next week at SD Prep Insider on all of the social media. Let's start with some open discussion. This is a segment we're going to call Group Games because these are a toss-up for an insane group of games. First one, guys, Eastlake at Lincoln. Eastlake at Lincoln, who wants to react to this first? Uh, the floor is open, and you have about 10 seconds before I come in screaming with my hot take. Yeah, so I saw Lincoln last week. Uh, at the end of the day, they got the win. Big fumble recovery uh, by Kiran Brown-Dunn. He sealed it there at the end. Uh, they didn't, I mean, they didn't got look... It done. They didn't look their greatest, but it's week two. They'll get better. We know that. Um, and they got the W. That's They went into El Camino. El Camino had a great crowd, and Lincoln came away, and that's what matters. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I'm talking about Eastlake. Eastlake's having a tough couple of weeks going against really tough teams and uh, some of the best defenses, and they're going to go against another one of the best defenses in the county this week. So their offense might struggle again. It's going to take some time, but, man, that defense is going to come to play. They got some motivation. They got a chip on their shoulder. And, uh, man, this is going to be one of the most hardest-hitting games this week, definitely. Certainly going to be a physical game. I, I am really curious, though, because, like you guys mentioned, Scott Catlin's defense at Lincoln has it answered. And it would not surprise me if this is another week where we see Eastlake struggle to score because of the high-caliber defense. Like, they're playing against all-world defenses every single week. My question is, can this be the week where Lincoln's offense gets enough breathing room and opportunity to finally find a rhythm? Bodie, you saw it last week. We all collectively saw it week one against Monta Vista. They don't quite have the quarterback situation entirely figured out. They yep. don't quite have that like that that flow, that rhythm that we've seen the last couple of years, especially the last maybe like five games last season going into the playoffs, including the playoffs, where you're like, man, they're they're they are killing it right now. They are really bringing it. So, 
that's what I'm looking for. Can the defense give the Lincoln offense one game? Because they're going to run out of the, the I, I hesitate to call it East like super winnable, but they're going to run out of the games where a fumble recovery late can, can seal the deal. Like when you're playing against Western League opponents, mm-hmm. they're going to need both sides of the ball successful from the very beginning. Yeah, and um, again, this week against Eastlake, they sh- they should uh, if they come out their best with their A game, it's it's going to be a good win for them. But um, right now, they got to work on just tuning things up. One thing I want to mention this week that's going to be key for them: players in space. Get your guys in space. Those one on ones. Once you get to uh, get the catch, that yak, you got to get that run after the catch. Do a dance, get in the end zone. I think I think they're going to have a lot of fun this week. Yeah, Lincoln used three quarterbacks last week. I would say Tyler Jensen probably had the most success of the three. Um, they all do a little bit different than than each other in terms of skill set they bring. But I think it's an important week because they head to San Clemente next week, and we've seen what San Clemente's done to a couple Southern uh, San Diego section opponents so far this year. So if Lincoln wants to to be competitive in that game, I think they need to work some things out here in an easier week. I'm just laughing at Yak. Like that, that might be one of the that might be one of the more insider like stat things. Like, the like yak, slap. Our next game, Oceanside at San Marcos. Coach Stank and San Marcos in the win column officially after last week. Oceanside in the win column after last week. First question is, who is this a bigger game for? And then how do you see this one playing out? Because I, I see this as a much bigger game for Oceanside. Yeah, I agree. Um, Oceanside, uh, they got they could get a big uh, quality victory this week. Uh, I want to shout out Kavika Tua. He's balling out right now, getting a lot of rushing yards, uh, pounding the ground on the ground. Uh, Oceanside, they they fly to the ball. They play physical, and I feel like this is a good opportunity for them to um, build a, build on their season this week. Yeah, I think it's equally big for both teams. I think San Marcos. No, 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 no. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. Ixnay on the the equal like. Bodie, be a pundit, man. I will go San Marcos then, if forced to to pick one. Yes, I think with them them being at home, you got a new head coach this year, some uncertainty at the quarterback position. I think for them, it'd be a it'd be it's a big opportunity to make a statement. Now, with that said, Kavika Tua, as Noah brought up, eleven point nine yards per carry, five touchdowns already. It's not going to be an easy task. but San Marcos has some talented defensive players, uh, Jalen Boehner, Xavier Reese. So uh, defensively, they they should be able to to slow Oceanside down. Now, whether or not it'll be enough, we will see. I'll just say this. I think that um, the bounce back from both of those teams was amazing. So I, I, I'm looking for the takeaway of who can continue to improve and who just got that. That knee jerk. Okay, we cannot lose two in a row. Bounce back. One of these teams is going to rise up. Next one we got is Kearney at Morse. Both of these teams have had a game this season where they have come within an inch of scoring seventy points. So, first off, anybody willing to set the over under? Um, are we thinking two hundred points uh, <laughs> between these? But but on a real note, what are we seeing out of this game? Because Morse is a defending CIF champion and. Uh, they opened up with a heck of a first night of the season against uh, Patrick Henry last week. Kearney has been that team that has gotten very close in the last couple of years. And to me, this screams as, as Morse's game to lose, Kearney's game to win. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree there. I mean, I think realistically we we might see 90 points, if not more. Uh, Morse in week one, they only threw the ball twice because when you run for 496 yards, you don't need to do much else. 9.4 yards a carry, five total total touchdowns from one running back, seven from the team. Uh, And I'm glad to see these two teams play. They haven't played since 2011, um, and it's a huge game this week, so I'm looking forward to it. Another thing I'm looking forward to with this game is the uh, the difference of styles. You have Morris, who likes to run the ball heavy, very tight, keeps everyone bunched up, uh, uses their speed inside the tackles and runs the ball. You got Kearney, who likes to spread them out. Shout out to Coach V. That's my guy right there. Party in the end zone. That's my fantasy. Uh, I named my fantasy team after that because Coach V is just cool that's like that. Because that's a hey, that's a lit name. But I'm just I'm just really interested in seeing the styles um, going against each other, each other and clashing and see how that turns out on Friday. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. The week one bye is weird. You don't see that yeah. in, in very many Super teams. Rare. So we don't know if that was a blip. But if, if <coughs> excuse me, if if Morris can come close to that one or two more times, they will have gotten better from last year's squad. And uh, and it's uh, to me that's terrifying. To me, to me that is is uh, is something that you look at and you're like. Wow. Um, yeah, they've got Jacob Hicks. He is uh, definitely a uh, a standout player for them. Who, who's going to be going to be on the probably? They've got uh, the the youngest of the Irby. All sorts of great things going on there. Next game, Granite Hills. They continue to impress versus Madison. Noah goes. <laughs> no, why are you going? Why are you going? I'm going because that Granite Hills team is just really. Physical man, they they just <clears throat> they're sturdy. They um they they press the line of scrimmage. They're very physical, and I want to see how that's going to hold up against Keontae Springs and and Madison. Uh, Madison, we talk about all the time having great chemistry, being explosive, lighting it up. But Granite Hills, they're just sturdy. They for being a physical team, they still fly around from sideline to sideline, and it's just another one of those uh, conflicting of styles that I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, I saw Granite Hills in their scrimmage against St. Augustine. Um, they didn't perform the best, but that's that's a tough barometer going against one of the county's best. Um, Madison was slowed down last week. Steel Canyon has a bunch of returners on defense, I believe nine starters, uh, and they were held to 14 points. Um, but week one, they got a nice victory over Rancho Bernardo. Their offense was, was clicking that week. Uh, my stat of the week for this one is these two teams have only played once before. And it was 1975 at the Aztec Bowl. So <laughs> glad to see these two teams back at it again. We're going to put that on the poll <laughs> at SD Prep Insider. It's been, what, 45 on, years. Uh, is it exactly 45 years? Uh, 75. They played at the Aztec Bowl. So I think it'd be, uh, if my math's anywhere, 25 plus 19, 44, 45. We're going to put, did you know it's been 44 years since Granite Hills and Madison have played in football at SD Prep Insider on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. Noah, you got something to say before we move Run on? Like it's 75, baby. Our next group game to talk about is La Jolla Country Day coming off a historic offensive week for their quarterback, Braxton who? Uh, at Classical <laughs> Academy, who won a thriller off a tip drill at Coronado. Um, this one's a this one's a, a, an interesting implications of old in league, no longer a league matchup. Um, still an interesting private school, two teams kind of in the early stages of the season, figuring out just how good they can be. 
takeaways, guys? Um, whenever you have a, t- a situation like that where you play a team in league and then you don't see them for a while but you have them on the schedule, that's a game that all the players look uh, look forward to that's circled on the calendar because, you know, you're going to see them like, hey, that's still bragging rights. You're still uh, very competitive, especially against that team. I think La Jolla Country Day is going to come out on top in this one. I feel like um, just their experience and just the way they play is a uh, it's going to be really nice on Friday. Yeah, the way the Tories offense has been clicking so far, it's really hard to pick against them. I know Classical took them down last year by a touchdown. I think La Jolla Country Day bounces back. Um, and I, I don't see why it can't be another 45, 50-point performance this week. We got San Pasqual at Westview. San Pasqual running backs uh, performing quite well behind that offensive line. Westview... Uh, we have seen flashes of greatness this year, uh, which is already an improvement from last year. So, San Pasquale to three and zero, or is Westview gonna gonna make their name a little bit with this? Uh, so I'm going San Pasquale to you know when you have that offensive line, a great running game like that, you're able to you're able to control the clock, you're able to control the tempo. Um, as the game goes on, guys are gonna wear down, and that running game is gonna stay strong. I got San Pasquale going three and zero. Yeah, I'm gonna go San Pasquale as well. Uh, that triple option's tough to prepare for. Um, I think it'll cause some problems for Westview. These two teams played last year. Uh, San Pasquale shut them out 20 nothing. I think maybe something similar. I'll even give a score. I'll go 21-7, San Pasquale. And another thing, too, is triple option's hard to stop. It's even harder to stop in the beginning of the season mm. where, you're still, where your defense is still getting their fits perfect. So that triple option, man, that's tough. Last game we got here is SFC 2-0. and Versus a one and one La Jolla team that took a big win against Mission Bay and took Bishops down to the wire in the fourth quarter. So this is this is a a very early uh, opportunity for one of these two squads to sort of uh, buck the early season context or hype or trend or whatever you want to say about we we were on here talking a lot about we didn't know what was up with SFCs graduation and how hard that was going to hit them. And, you know, La Jolla, we saw so much youth last year. We didn't know how well that youth was going to evolve and mature. Both of it seems to be clicking really well. The question is, you know, who's going to take that opportunity to move one step closer to, to being a predominant team in this? I, I think that I think this one comes down to last team with the ball uh, wins. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to shout out to uh, Santa Fe Christian's program. Uh, every year when they, they have a, a, a key name and then they lose a lot of people to graduation, we think, okay, they're going to step down. They f- always find a way to reload. It speaks to their um, their program. It speaks to the players having a lot of heart and being really coached up. And I just feel like in those games that go down to the wide, those SFC boys just have some little extra in them. So I'm going to go SFC. We'll put that on the poll. Does SFC football always find a way to reload? I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. They're 2-0. and They've thrown seven passes, um, and they just keep rolling. I mean, they've got guys offensively running for 5.8, 7.8, 12.2, 13.6. So the system, the coaches, the guys are there. They learn it early, uh, and they come to play. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back with a- another block of games courtesy of Noah Laxina. You're going to get yeah, the yeah. RBU input on all of these games stick around folks you're listening to san diego prep insiders week three football podcast all right we move on to another block of games here in the san diego prep insider football preview show in the blast radius coffee studios at blast radius coffee on all the social media for all your needs there 
Noah Laxina, Bodie De Silva, the boa constrictor. Um, I don't know why I messed up your guys' name a couple weeks ago. I'm very sorry about that still. All right, here's, here's what we got. Another block of games. This one with a Noah Laxina running back offensive minded slant in the analysis. First one up, El Cap at San Diego. Noah, what do you got? El Cap at San Diego. So um, for El Cap, um, they're going to be led by a four-year starting quarterback, Wick Hauser. Um, they need to get the running game going because this man, Wick Hauser, has been lighting it up. And uh, if, if teams are going to spread back, they're going to have to be able to run the football. But I like them. But San Diego, they had a bye last week. Um, I don't think they'll show any signs of rust. Mo Jackson, he'll obviously get his. But uh, I want to shout out uh, Andre Peoples. So because game one against Crawford, he had seven TFLs and two and a half sacks. So that's a that's a stat line that needs to get mentioned for sure. So you're a man of the peoples? Man of the peoples. That's the guy. All right, our next game. Fallbrook at Scripps Ranch. Scripps Ranch continues to impress this season with Rashad Griffin and everything that they are doing on both sides of the ball. What do you see here? Yeah, so Scripps Ranch, uh, they're looking to improve to 3-0. Their defense has been a huge part of the success, and they've only allowed uh, 10 points in the first two games. And they're going to be led by senior uh, Conno, Connor Badaliga and uh, junior Ethan Nicholas. Fallbrook, it's, it's been tough for them. Um, they've been outscored in the last couple of weeks, but uh, Scripps Ranch, I think, should handle. Del Norte at Sarah. What do we got here? Yeah, so uh, senior Connor Daniel Kang. Our senior corner, Daniel King, he had two picks last week against uh, Scripps Ranch, and he showed a lot of heart regardless of the score, and he'll be an X-factor um, in stopping uh, Sarah's very uh, quick game. They want Sarah likes to get people in space, and he'll be a huge part of stopping that. Sarah will be trying to get their first win of the season, and um, it'd be a nice win for them to get uh, get a win at home against a good team. And uh, junior Keone Lamore, he's been uh, the bright spot for the team on defense, going sideline to sideline making plays, so I'm really excited for this one between those two teams. Sweetwater at Bonita Vista. Both of these teams getting in the win column last week. What do you see here? Yeah, so shout out to Suhai's uh, Mario Villa. He's been the motor. Suhai. He's been the motor behind uh, Seawater's rushing game, and he can make it a game if he if he does a good job in that line control the clock. You know, just stay at it, drive and drive and drive. But Bonita had a huge win last week against San Isidro, and they really needed that after week one against Saints. And I feel like they're going to continue to do that this week. Their spread offense is going to light it up against Seawater. Claremont at Maranatha Christian. What do you got here, Bodie or Noah? Either one. <laughs> so uh, Mar- Maranatha Christian, I think they're going to score their first points of the season. Wyatt Gillespie, he's their leading uh, all-purpose yard getter, and I feel like he's going to have a big day, and Maranatha Christian's uh, going to break through this week. Break on through to the other side, baby. Uh, Coronado and El Cajon Valley is the next game. If you don't mind, I will. Yep. Take, you the grind, grab, baby. You, the you, grind. You can grab a game out of mine. Um, this is an interesting matchup. I was very wrong about El Cajon Valley to start the season when we were doing our preseason previews. Um, they're 2-0, and they are uh, 2-0 winning those tough, battle-it-out, need-to-be-resilient type games. Coronado, they are 1-1 one one right now. I look at this, though, and I see that Coronado has shown the more explosive offense with Ash Bibbies, and what they have is an opportunity to get ahead, stay ahead, run the yep. high tempo, you know, that that RPO type style that, that Coach Hines is instituting. I believe it will be a little bit too much, but El Cajon Valley, man, if they win this one, like, there was people in the recap show this week taking swipes at, oh, you know, 2-0 two, two oh isn't always 2-0. Oh. If, uh, if hey, a thousand look, is a thousand, look, man. If El Cajon Valley goes 3-0, oh, 
they could very easily go seven and three, ten and like they they're the real deal. This will be their biggest test for Coronado. This is the mental fortitude test. You lose a tough one to Classical Academy. How well can you bounce back? Next game, RBV at Vista. I would just like to say this. For as much talk as we give about Vista's run game and how good they are, Desmond Taua is like those he's like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Like you watch him learning and evolving into just an all-out killing machine. He's throwing touchdowns now. Their running back is throwing touchdowns now. On some LT type. On dude, vintage it was, it was LT a shock type. Too. Like you can see the clip at WBK Sports on Twitter. Eric Williams providing all sorts of great stuff for the North County. It was not like a little dinky like duck fart of a pat. Like, like, like it's scary what they yeah. can do with that offense. And Des to uh, RBV on the other hand, they get a bounce back win. Let me see. Let me know what you see in this one, Noah. Yeah. So, um. I got Vista in this one. Uh, they have a little earth, wind, and fire type of deal. I running back with Desmond Tua, Brand Larson, Brian Kelly. They got the three-headed monster, and I just feel like that's too. It's going to be too much when one back gets tired. You throw the too, other how one many back. Heads too many is that? Is that one head too? They many? might is even have more than that. Yeah, they, they probably had the six-headed monster. They got five legs, five sets of legs. They got it all. Got it all. Yeah, one David gets tired. Flores, another yeah. one out there. As soon as one gets tired, just throw the other one in, and that defense has to stay in. So. It's it's a it's a it's a matchup problem and shout out to Desmond too, man. When you every kid, regardless of what position you play, when you're in the backyard throwing footballs around, you want to do that in a real game, and he's and he's doing it. If I made the King Ghidorah reference, does that does that resonate with anybody? In one, out the other, bro. Okay, I'm if sorry. I show That's you, on me. if I show you, I'm not cultured. If I well, I don't know how how much it, it's cultured. <laughs> uh, if I show you King G- Ghidorah, does that uh, does that accurately? That looks like this. The little V two. There's a <laughs> okay. V two. Um, great great podcast uh, deal. etiquette. Well, right look, now. I'm gonna post this on our social media uh, at SD Prep Insider for all of your curiosities about whatever random stuff is flowing through our minds at any given point. Um, next game we got. It, wait, did you give you, you you're done with your analysis there? Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ramona at Poway. Poway putting up a fifty burger last yeah. week. Ramona looking for a dove. What do you got here? Uh, Ramona, they're um they're going still. A lot of a lot of guys who they're a little young, so they're still putting it together. Poway, man, they're really impressive. They uh bounced back from Granite Hills really well against Olympian. They put up fifty. Uh, I want to shout out DJ Owens and Andrew Wisely. They're big contributors in that game, and I feel like Poway's they needed that first game to kind of put them in check a little bit, and now they're gonna hit the ground running. I got Poway. I love Poway's colors, man. I will never yeah. not like their jerseys. And the uh, P2, the decal, yeah. it's, it's clean. It's smooth. Olympian at Tory Pines. Noah, I, I, like, this is two weeks in a row now where I've butchered the, the, the <laughs> setup for these, and I've put your alma mater in here. Bodie, this is a school that you I'm, – I'm allowed to say that you <laughs> would, are vaguely associated with the school also. I did attend. Like, yeah, you're, you're not the uh, – you're not the, the – the arrogant like ex athlete type out of the group. You're the no, one that is me. like the you keep it under wraps of like any of your personality. You do the journalism thing well. <laughs> We're over here blaspheming about our own high schools being the best of all time. But um, I, I mean, I guess Bodie, if you want to defer to this, like how yeah, do you guys yeah, want to Bodie, go ahead. Bodie, yeah, this hey, is if on you have you. to go to the games, you got to listen to me say <laughs> all the names during it, anyways, on the PA. But uh, yeah, Tory Pines last week they got up seven nothing, uh, and then it kind of fell apart from them up at San Clemente. 
Uh, running wise, I, they've they've given the ball to Kale Helfrich a lot this year. I think they'd like to um, find some other contributors that can give him some big yards there. Uh, Olympian last week scored thirty against Poway. The problem is giving up fifty. But week one, they they went to Ramona and won by three touchdowns. So uh, it, Ramona's going to have a good year, or excuse me, Olympian's going to have a good year. Um, it's a tough schedule so far with two of these road games facing Poway and Torrey Pines back to back. And next week they go to Grossmont. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but there's another powerful offense. So uh, they'll. They'll take some lumps early on, but they'll get in the league and um, have some fun games. Modern Day, Benita, Otai, there at the end. Battle of the O's, baby. That's that's gonna be the one to look forward to. Uh, but you're, you're getting, you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I get whatever. Hey, when he said Otai, when he said Otai, got goosebumps real quick. No, no, is already doing this show three weeks from now. <laughs> uh, Mount Carmel at Mira Mesa. Close out this block of games for us. Yeah, so Mount Carmel and Mira Mesa, that's always a, a really good game. It's really cool to see the all red and then the all blue. It's really nice. Uh, I think this is going to be a Mount Carmel's game. They had a tough loss last week, but the Red Sea's back, man. Mount Carmel's a really solid team, and going against a Mira Mesa team that we mentioned before, still trying to find their way, I think Mount Carmel's going to uh, get it done. That'll close out this block of games. Uh, we got Connor Morissette from Scorebook Live all set to join us in just a minute. You are listening to the SD Prep Insider Week 3 High School Football Preview Show brought to you by Blast Refuse Coffee. All right, welcome back to another block of games. We now go to the intersection games, and we are joined on the phone by Scorebook Live's uh, Jack of all trades, like he's literally is up all times doing all sports. Connor Morissette, how are you doing, Connor? Good, thanks for having me. Looking forward to another week of talking football. Now, Connor, are you back on the West Coast? Because last time we talked to you, you were back at a Revolutionary War battlefield in Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, I am back. Okay, Connor, before we get uh, too far into this one, uh, I want to have you input a little bit on the polls. Uh, our first poll we got is, do you like the crust at Domino's? I do, yeah. Our second poll, and, um, you know, forgive me for you knowing neither things about these teams. I just want your input. Uh, how many points will Morris and Kearney combine for this Friday night, over 100 or over 200? <laughs> okay, so they're great on offense. Uh, well, one of those seems possible, the other doesn't. Damn. So. Oh, man, I thought we were going to get one person to finally vote for the hey, over he's 200. A bright, he's a bright and capable man, you know. You know, you know. Well, he, hey, I mean, what do I know about those? Guys? <laughs> I could be persuaded. Um, okay, so Connor, uh, our first game that we have is San Clemente. You have previewed us a couple of times on them already this season. They are taking on La Costa Canyon, who is now one and one. Give us just the quick refresher, maybe some cliff note bullet points on on what LCC fans can expect from the Tritons. Sure. Well, I was surprised that. San Clemente had such a, I don't want to say easy time, but I thought that game against Torrey Pines was going to be a little closer, but um, that wasn't to be. And just quickly, I'll ask you guys a question. If Torrey Pines is better than LCC, right, in terms of where you guys have oh, 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 <laughs> That's a big debate. I decline the state. <laughs> As an I alum of one fish. of them. I plead the fish. Uh, well, I mean, they – when it comes down to the end of the year, I think they'll be pretty even, but at this point, it's hard to I'll say. I'll say this. These are two teams uh, built on a foundation of community kids. <laughs> Much like San Clemente. We didn't give you anything there, Connor, and I apologize for that. No, no, that's okay. Okay. 
But uh, so yeah, so that was thirty-one-seven last week, and then they beat Oceanside. It is interesting they played so many San Diego teams. They kind of took some heat for that at at the, their the Orange County Public School Media Day, which is so funny that they did that. <laughs> um, but it looks like if Torrey Pines is equal to San Clemente, or excuse me, to LCC, then San Clemente will probably win if I'm, we were to make a prediction. And um, it just looks like on offense, it's kind of clicking for them, and, and they, they're a team that has a, a great tradition. They, they have a new quarterback this year, but it looks like he is doing well. And, um, I mean, in the first few weeks, San Diego's gotten a lot of wins against Southern Section teams, but San Clemente's been a tough nut to crack, and I think that'll probably continue. Yeah, for La Costa Canyon, they got a big, uh, much-needed win last week in Vista uh, against Vista. They took them down in overtime. Uh, it's the sixth time uh, La Costa and San, Cam- San Clemente have played. La Costa's won the last two, including a, a last-minute one last year. Uh, I think a missed field goal there at the end sealed it for them. Uh, but it, La Costa, it, they'll be good at the end of the year, but I think at this point against San Clemente, it's a lot to ask them to go win on Friday. Next game, Loyola at St. Augustine. Last year, uh, Saints went on the road at Loyola, and this win was sort of the launching point to everybody in San Diego going, whoa, okay, this team is the real deal. They obviously go on to win a section title down here. So I, I, at this point, we already, locally, we already know the, the plot line about Saints and just how good they are. But I'm assuming that this is yet again another test where this can be a further launching point into them really being neck and neck with Cathedral Catholic. Connor, give us some insight on Loyal. Sure. Well, I can see why last year that win would be so big, but I'll be honest with you, Loyola kind of stinks. Uh, the last. Oh, man. So no, it, it's still it's still nice that you know St. Augustine will beat them, and I remember last year it was a big win, but. They're down. They're the laughingstock of the Mission League. Everyone in the Mission League is either in that top division or a contender in Division Three, and Loyola has fallen to Division Four. There are even some rumors that they're going to get kicked out of the Mission League because they've been so bad. They have a new coach, Drew Kasani, this year, and he, he's been with them for a few years now. He's the head coach. Um, but they were always the classic school that we're not going to take any transfers. We, we're a prestigious academic institution. We're going to do it the right way. And that thinking has really bitten them in the behind. And now they're accepting transfers. Their quarterback is a transfer. Uh, they're better, I think, than they were last year. But I know that uh, St. Augustine is on a different level. And Loyal is a traditional power. They, they, they've been in some championships games. They've won some championships. But it, it's, uh, it's one of those teams that has a lot of history but is not very good right now for where they have been. And I think Yeah, Saints, uh, they're really good. They're number one or number two, depending on the polls so far this year. My one fun fact about the series, it's the fifth straight season they've played, and that series began back in 1926. Saints and Loyola played, and they tied at zero. They wow. didn't even get a point. So they've advanced offensively in the last 90-some years. Was 30 draw. 1926, St. Augustine zero, Loyola zero. They're down in... 12, 32 <laughs> dives. Sorry, I was looking at photos <laughs> of King Ghidorah. Um, Tide, Loyal, uh, talk amongst yourselves. At SD Prep Insider for all the polls. Uh, next game, Redlands East Valley at Mission Hills. So Redlands East Valley, they played a really good La Habra team last week and got beaten pretty good. Uh, when looking 
at Mission Hills. They, they were they the ones who played uh, Westlake last week. Correct yes. in Palos Verdes the week before. Okay, so they're uh, you know they're they're a decent team, and I think Redlands East Valley is a decent team. That's probably my toss up game, the one that I'm least sure about. I, I'm pretty sure that San Clemente will beat. LCC, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that St. Augustine will beat Loyola, but this one I think could go either way. Uh, Redlands East Valley is a, is a good team. They're not a great team, and I think you could probably say the same about Mission Hill, so I think that should be a good battle. Was it 1936, Bodie? 26. 26. All right. Dope. All right. T- talk about Jackson Oxney. <laughs> yeah, so for Mission Hills, uh, they got a much-needed win last week. Come from behind uh, fourth quarter. They got a win at Westlake. Uh, and and looking at Redlands East Valley, as Connor said, don't just look at the 0-2. They've played two good opponents so far. Uh, so I think with Mission Hills getting the home game here, I think that'll that'll help them overcome uh, any obstacles and, and move to 2-1 and one on the year. Our next game that we got is Centennial at Cathedral Catholic, featuring two of the top 10 teams in the entire known universe of California <laughs> high school football. Um Connor, let's switch it up here, and let's go Bodie first. Yeah, so for Cathedral, uh, obviously a huge win last week. They took down Saguaro of Arizona, a team that on paper has way more guys, but Cathedral came together. Uh, they locked up defensively. Their they, staff, they were the number one team in Arizona, right? Correct. Okay, number so one in Arizona. Uh, national publications had them eighth or ninth, maybe even 10th in the country. Uh, that is no longer as uh, Cathedral has entered in the top 25 nationally. Uh, but holding a team that's that talented down to 10 points, that was really impressive from Cathedral last week. And I'm curious, I mean, it, it gets even harder this week against Centennial. We're going to put it on the poll. Is Don's football now the number one team in Arizona? <laughs> All right, so talk to us about uh, about the matchup that they got this week, Connor. Sure. So I saw Centennial play Modern Day in both those teams' first games, and we all know that Modern Day and St. John Bosco in this neck of the woods are just a step ahead of everyone. And even though Centennial, their national ranked team, uh, is really good, they, they struggled and lost 42-12 in that game. But I've picked against Cathedral Catholic in the past and gotten burned, so I'm not going to pick against them. I, I think Centennial is really good. With them, so much is about the quarterback, but Centennial, it's really interesting. They switch off the quarterback. Carter Freeland will start, and then there's a backup who comes in, and they switch off every series. And if one guy gets hot, he'll stay in. But head coach Matt Logan, he, he's done the quarterback by committee the last couple of years, and that's continued. They have a great receiver in Gary Bryant, who will be the main guy to stop for Cathedral Catholic. And then on defense, they have the best player, according to a lot of recruiting sites in that 2021 class, in Corey Foreman, who is a defensive lineman, is a, just a big problem. And uh, he was able to get to Bryce Young a couple times in that modern-day game. You know, it's tough to really control the game as a defensive lineman, but he, he is a handful, and he'll be tough to watch. The thing with Corona Centennial, they, they do have a lot of great recruits, but it's not like a a Narbonne where you, you kind of look at them and they have all this Division One talent. What's so impressive about them is they, they have some great players, but head coach Matt Logan has truly built a really great program and everyone buys in. They don't have the most talent in the world, but they really, really are a cohesive unit and they play well together. I think that's going to be the best game of the weekend and there's some really great Southern section matchups, but that, that game, especially after Cathedral Catholic's win, Last week, I saw on Twitter how big that was, and Bodie, you described how highly ranked that Arizona team was. Uh, I think this has the potential to be a really, really great, uh, good game. Uh, you got anything on uh, on Lawndale for us, Carlsbad at Lawndale? 
sure. I know you guys are really high on, on Carlsbad, and Lawndale's good that they're off of a state championship. They lost their great player, though, uh, running back Jordan Wilmore graduated, and he's now at Utah, and he actually played in Utah's first game of the year. So that's cool to see. But they still have some really good players. They have a great defensive lineman, Tuli, Tuliapo, and they have – two great players in the secondary too. Michaelis Dean is a Washington commit. Elijah Jackson is a Washington commit as well. So those are two really good cornerbacks. Uh, but Londale, they had a tough time against Sierra Canyon in their first game. They, they lost by three scores. And Sierra Canyon is really good. They're a top 10 team down here. Londale is like a fringe top 25 Southern California team. Coming off a state championship, like I said. Uh, but I know Carlsbad's really good. So that, that should be a really great game. I like Londale a lot. I like their coach, Travis Clark. I think he does a really great job. Um, but without really knowing too much about Carlsbad, knowing that you guys are high on them, I think Londale might be in for another tough test. Well, Bodie's going to give you a little info on Carlsbad because I'm sure they'll become storming through there for the state playoffs. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to hear that uh, Connor said the defensive backs are a strong point there. Uh, Carlsbad quarterback, Aiden Sayan, four touchdown passes so far, and he's got really talented receivers, Cole Wright, Noah Vela. Uh, and running back Mazo Norwood, 11.4 yards per carry for their first two games. And Carlsbad's been uh, plus 73 in points their first two games against Southern Section teams. So hopefully get a good one up at Lawndale. Uh, Connor, thank you very much. Any parting notes? Uh, let, no, let people know where they can find you, find all your great work, uh, because you are now moving into the realms of all high school sports, not just football. Thank you. Yeah, we're at scorebooklive.com slash California, and I'm at underscore Morissette on Twitter. That's double R, double S, double T. Again, my parting thought is this. I know uh, Helix lost, but I'm so excited to see who makes out of San Diego in that state bowl game, who's going to play either Narbonne or one of the top teams here and potentially go play for a state championship because the best teams down there look really, really good. Yeah, that Narbonne game, or not, I'm sorry, that Helix game, we don't even, as a collective County, I think, care that they lost because <laughs> Elian Noah passed Reggie Bush uh, for all-time leading uh, rusher in school history, and that's just awesome. We really like that kid. So, Connor, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, dang, I was really hoping to uh, unpair him before uh, that. Boop, boop, boop. I'm getting better, Reed. Um <laughs> Man, I was hoping for a little bit more like bias from him. I was hoping for a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> yeah, he he honestly like we need to. We, we I I don't want to put that on the poll, but we need to put that on the poll. Is Connor Morissette too much of an unbiased professional for for to be good at podcasting? Uh, guys, let's just close out the rest of the intersection games um, with with just what's going on uh, for to let the people know we got Soldanta is playing at Christian. Yeah, that one's interesting to me. This is the top team in Alaska. Oh. All right, coming in ready. <laughs> top team in Alaska. Uh, yeah, two wow. games so far. Uh, they've put up 102 points. So um, obviously they'll make the several thousand mile trip down here. Uh, that game will be at Granite Hills as Christian plays, um, I think, pretty much exclusively their home games there. But uh, that's that's another good one that, that'll be fun to see the results. We've got Cibola at Southwest El Centro. Got to assume that that is another opportunity for Southwest El Centro to to get a big W there. Santa Fe at West Hills. 
Uh, no lie, my computer tried to autocorrect that to Santa Fe Christian. Um, I've typed <laughs> Santa Fe Christian it. now uh, Santa Fe enough. Christian. Uh, but Santa Fe at West Hills, big opportunity. I mean, all of these were obviously a pro San Diego section, but it's it's always great to see the first couple weeks of the season, like like nine to twelve games of intersection. Yeah, it's like, been this awesome. is huge. Yeah, like, and it's been really cool that we have we've dedicated our whole block to those games because. It, Whenever this happens, San Diego against someone else. I mean, we're all in on San Diego, man. This, this is that's our city. This is our team, our teams, and uh, they've been representing us well so far. Yeah, it is. Yeah, those two teams played last year. Uh, West Hills came out thirty-seven fourteen victorious in that one, um, and I think it'll be much of the same. West Hills one and one so far. Uh, a loss to Valhalla. Valhalla is on the bye this week, but I got to give them a shout out. No wins last year, and they're two and zero oh so far. So building something over there. Are we all too hype on Keegan Baker, or is this guy the real deal? The hype's real. RBU. RBU. Hey, fun fact. Me, uh, Keegan Baker, fact. Yeah. he DM'd me, like, I want to say last year or the year before. I'm like, oh, man, check out my highlights, man, RBU. Like, all right, I'm keeping my eye on you. Bro, it's exploded this year. Yo, if you got so a screen, go get a screen cap of that will, DM. Let's Shout out to the bro. No, I was. Night, no lie, if there's a date that we can stamp on that, okay. I'll put that as a TBT. I'll put okay, that as a throwback okay. Thursday. We'll get it in there. Um, you're listening to San Diego Prep Insiders football preview show. Uh, we got a couple more games to get at you. Uh, I always act like this is going to be like a full-blown commercial transition. Stick around, folks. Thank you very much. We welcome you back to the San Diego Prep Insider Week 3 High School football preview show brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee at Blast Radius Coffee on all the social media. Check it out. I'm going to be bringing you the uh, the next block of games with Noah and Bodie chiming in periodically. Uh, our first one to talk about is University City at Mission Bay. Both of these teams looking for a bounce back. You're able to call it all season bounce back, right? Like it, all, it, all season. It, it's just as long as if you take an L, the previous yeah, week gets a bounce back. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, man, Gunner Gray for UC. Just I like I saw this in person last week against uh, Bishops. Guy has all sorts of of, of close call. Like there, there were so many balls that if if you just you know everything went wrong for him last week in mm-hmm. terms of of just not connecting with his wide receivers. I, I don't think that last week was a sign of bad things to come for the offense for University City. Uh, so I, I look at this as a great test. And then on the other side, Evan Aguilon and, and that. That Mission Bay team, they're no joke. The question is going to be, are they a 6-4 and four no joke? Are they a 7-3 and three no joke? And that's where every one of these early season opportunities is going to be big. Monta Vista at Patrick Henry. Monta Vista uh, coming off of a solid bounce back last week. Uh, they are going to be taking on uh, Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry, like you, can't, you cannot fault a team for losing to a Morse that almost scores 70 points. That's not a. I, yeah. I don't hit the panic button if I'm Patrick Henry in, in that situation, because they put up uh, like what five touchdowns in that game. So every week, Patrick Henry is improving and getting better with their new coaching staff. I mean, you see this with all the new coaching staffs, uh, with the exception of Castle Park this year, who just seems to instantly have gelled. Um, but <laughs> everyone else, they're coming into it. There's a little bit of that. You know, we're we're still learning. The kids and the players are are still meshing. Montgomery at Crawford. Montgomery is the real deal this year. They are uh, putting up a lot of points. They absolutely nuked the California Military Institute on Friday. So big shout out to them. Crawford, we saw uh, 
uh, special teams touchdowns from Abdi Ali, uh, his first varsity touchdown last week. Coach Matt Marquez has that team upward trending. Special also. teams wins games. Hell yeah. And championships. Next game is Otai at Point Loma. This one is big for both of these squads. Tristan Schaefer is absolutely balling out this season for Point Loma. He is somebody to look out for. Francis Parker at Castle Park. Castle Park, man, one or two more wins early in the season, and they'll be a, a serious plot line. Francis Parker, they just keep dropping heartbreaker after heartbreaker after heartbreaker. They're going to start getting their wins. Slash, They might be the best 5-5 five and five team in the county by the end of this season. Escondido at Chula Vista. pair of teams looking for a signature opportunity to, uh, to break out early in the year and, and flex a little bit of that muscle. San Ysidro is at Hilltop. I'm very close to wanting to vote Hilltop into the top 10 just off of how their offense is a freaking Ferrari this year. Like, they are driving in style down that field, scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. And, man, I know that El Cap and Escondido both put up a lot of points, but I got to think that the defense will get slightly better as the year goes on, and that's all they need is just a little bit more breathing room, and that could be it. Like, I, I tweeted it. And then, obviously, sports on the side, uh, Kevin Bear came in with a ice-cold dose of reality that Cal Preps has it as a 5% chance for them to run the table this year and go 10-0 because the, Mor- the Morks game is going to be a legitimate challenge. But I think that 9-1, and one, I will go so far as to say this, right here, right now, heading into the third week of games in the San Diego CIF section, that Hilltop is the best team in the South Bay. You said Hilltop is the best team in the South Bay? Hilltop is the best football team in the South Bay. Without, like, Eastlake? Hilltop is the best football team in the South Bay right now. Hey, that's on you. Hey, shout out Coach Westing. You put the program together to put yourselves in that position. I respect it. Bodie? (laughs) He's, unfortunately, we don't get a tournament at the end of the year to to play it out, so (laughs) your claim could be correct. What a guy. Bro. You're, Bodie's you're, a good you're guy. You're too kind, Bodie. Uh, Modern Day Catholic at Bishops. This one will be Saturday at La Jolla High School. Modern Day Catholic. Every week, the offense is there. The defense is still young and formulating. Um, Bishops, Tyler, Buck, Tyler Buckner, look, he looks good. He looks healthy. He looks versatile. That team is going to be offensively gifted all season long, and the defense is not too bad either. Charlie Mossy and company are, are getting good results every week. Uh, let's see, Valley Center at Rancho Bernardo. This one is big for both of these teams. Both these teams desperately need a W. Uh, Rancho Bernardo has been in both of their games this year and just has not had the football gods break things their way, so there's nothing to panic about there. That's just the way that football, unfortunately, goes sometimes for teams. Uh, and then finally, Mar Vista at Santana. Mar Vista and Santana, both teams that have had one impressive week and one week where you kind of go, Okay, not quite as impressive as that other one, but still, there's a there's a there's a core of something going on here that is that is impressive, that is interesting, and uh, that one's going to be I think winner of that one goes on a little bit of a run. Stick around, we got one more block of games to get to real quick. Uh, you're listening to the SD Prep Insider Week Three. Welcome back to the San Diego Prep Insider Football Preview Show, Christian Pedersen. Bodie DeSilva. No Laxina. Just checking to make sure you guys remember your names. Uh, <laughs> we got one more block of games to let you know that is going on this Friday night. Escondido Charter is playing at O'Farrell. Big opportunity for both of these squads. O'Farrell, 
I mean, they're, they're still clicking. They're, they're, they're getting so close every week. They're going to bust through and get a dub this season in big fashion. Ocean View Christian is at a non-section team called Avalon, so we wish Ocean View Christian. Avalon out on Catalina. Ooh. Taking a boat to that one. The Catalina football mixer. Uh, Borrego Springs is at Desert Chapel. Calvin Christian is at the Public Safety Academy. Love that. Uh, Cal... Cali, California Lutheran is playing at West Shores. Army Navy is making the trip out to Mountain Empire. Holtville is playing at Desert Mirage, or as I wrote here in my notes, Desert Mirage. Um, thank you very much, my elementary school. Uh, Gabrielano is at Southwest San Diego, so they are hosting a non-section team. Calipatria is at Yuma. Vincent Memorial is at Calexico. Rock Academy and Foothills Christian are going to battle it out. And finally... Boys, we are going to be taking on Texas. We've seen Cathedral take on Arizona. We have seen Utah versus Helix. Uh, Alaska's coming down to play Christian. Alaska versus Christian. We're touching everywhere. But we are going to tap into the alleged holy ground of high school football. Yeah, Yeah, what's going on? The Central Spartans will be traveling to El Paso, Texas to play Del Valle. Dinero Osuna crossing over to Texas. He'll still put up numbers. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what they have like a are you saying that they have like a metric number system? <laughs> yeah. like, is that what you're saying? Hey, he he can he can throw passes in any state. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he's proven it. All right, go get him, Central. Well, I wanted to save this one for last because we are all collectively as a section pulling for you guys to get a big dub. Put us on the map. I don't care if this is a D one hundred and eight team from Texas. If we win, we are better than Texas at yep. high school football. Yep. And somehow, now, hey, when we're not even gonna rep to California, we're going to rep San Diego. And I feel like somehow that. that is still this that like that Same take thing. bothered you guys less than my hilltop take. <laughs> yeah. I feel like somehow me claiming <laughs> that central winning makes us as a state better than Texas at high school football was less less fiery <laughs> than my hilltop take. Um, but yeah, we we wish you guys the best of luck. We are all rooting for you. As always, at SD Prep Insider on all this social media for all of your needs. Uh, we got a we got a player interview sticking around for that. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Uh, another great week of high school football, and we will talk to you guys soon. Hit record. Okay, guys, we now bring in our first special guest of the season. His name is Mark Santar, and I'm just let. Noah, I know that you're the running back guy, so I'm gonna yeah. re- I'm gonna read off the stats here that everyone can enjoy this. So far, through only a pair of games, Mark has carried the ball 36 times for 196 yards and six touchdowns. Mark, thank you very much for joining us tonight. How's this season been treating you? Uh, so far, the season's been absolutely amazing. Our team looks extremely well these last two games, and we're excited to finish out the rest of the season. Are you upset? that you have not eclipsed the 200-yard mark. D- do those last four four yards bug you at night? Uh, yes, it does. You know, <laughs> we everyone, everyone's been working hard, you know, just to be that close to 200 yards on the season. It's a, it's a little irritating. So let, let's talk about this because as a team, you guys are almost 600 rush yards deep. You guys have scored a ton of points. Like I mentioned, 2-0. So you obviously on the offensive side are working really well. The defense is keeping you guys, uh, you know, getting the ball back, getting plenty of opportunities. It, 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 take us 
to San Pasquale and just kind of tell us, like, is the vibe just all around, this is our year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone has the confidence that we can – we have the confidence to win every game this season and take it all the way to the championship. Uh, uh, through these first couple games, you've been getting a lot of carries, man. How do you prepare that body to go through that workload on Fridays? Oh, it's just extremely hard preparation during the week. And uh, just knowing that, you know, when I do get the ball, that I'm going to give it my all every every carry. Uh, and I got a great offensive line in front of me to help me do it. Hey, there you go. That's the, that's what I was looking for, to shout out that O-line, man. I'm glad to hear it. Hey, so deeper in the games when you're getting those carries, can you feel, can you, like, really feel the defense wearing down, slowing down as uh, the game progresses and you're getting those carries still? Uh, yeah, I can. You know, it's just when, you know, we keep running drive all the way down the field, you can feel the defense getting tired, but we just keep fighting and pounding down the down the throats. Is that one of the best feel? Is that one of the, maybe the most underrated feelings in football? Is when you know, well, we got this defense on the ropes. Give me two or three more runs, and I'm gonna just we're, we're gonna watch these guys be broken in real time. Oh yeah, absolutely. What do you like more, that or a touchdown? Um, I kind of like both. They come together, it's right? Pretty, <laughs> oh yeah, get one definitely fun. Uh, so last week you guys were down 10 against Rancho Bernardo at halftime. You scored uh, scored 28 in the second half to win by four. What was the key for that comeback? So that comeback, it was just everyone knowing that we have the ability to come back from a 10-point deficit. Everyone was on the same page, and we were able to execute every play very well and be able to come back from 17-7 to and win 35-31. Next up, you guys got Westview. Yep. Uh, I want to I want to pull up uh, Coach Clark today uh, sent out a tweet and, and for those of you that don't follow at SP Eagle O on Twitter it's definitely worth a follow uh, today's film session soundtrack felt like and then it was a, a, a picture of respect by Aretha Aretha Franklin uh, give us some insight on what that tweet meant so when we were we were watching film on Westview defense we know that they have some pretty decent guys and they've got some pretty good athletes but we just got to know if we stick to our game plan we know we can come out with a win uh before you before you play is there any uh certain songs any artists that you listen to that get you going before the game um usually i listen to like 80s rock music Ooh. okay you gotta expand on that a little bit give us like a, a couple of songs in that 80s rock genre if we asked you to do some karaoke <laughs> what would what would be your go-to songs um probably enter sandman by metallica all right all right i like that i like that hey everyone uh around them listening to some hip-hop doing some hit them folks doing a little whoa and then you got him just headbanging <sighs> Ready. I like it. I like it. So just for the people out there that, that haven't seen you play football yet, um, give us a little bit of just a, a, a – how would you describe your run style? Because you got that big offensive line you get to run behind, but you know, some people like to be the, the, the scat back, move left and right. Some people like to go just downhill. Talk to, to us a little bit about your running style. So what I like to do is I do like to run downhill because – like being able to run super low is just I get, like getting leverage on people and hitting them. But I do also like to be be able to move laterally if I need to. Okay, okay, I can respect that. Any uh, any running backs that you liked growing up 
uh, in college and the pros, any one guy that you're like, I really like what he's done. I, I'm, I'm trying to emulate that guy. Oh, my favorite running back of all time has to be LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay. Ooh. That's what's up. Okay, to piggyback on that, I know LT likes to do the stiff arm. Is there any unique move? I know I, the defenders aren't – they're, they're still not going to be able to stop you, but is, do you have a go-to move when you are one-on-one with the defender that you like to do? I just, like, put bone my neck back and put my shoulder – Shoulder pads ah, forward. Yes, I like That's this. what I, I was a perfect answer. Man. I like this kid. Mark, we might have to have you on yeah. this show more often. Yeah. Uh, you're our kind of football right. player, man. All right. I'll, I'll take that up on you guys. Okay, so Mark, we're going to close out with this because we like to help people uh, get to know the, the, the athletes here. And we can talk all sorts of football, but they, they, they want to know you a little bit better. We talked a little bit of 80s, Metallica, Inner Sandman, the music. But right now in studio, we're munching on a little bit of pizza tonight. Yeah. So. Lay out your ideal pizza. Are, what are your toppings? Are you a thin crust, a thick crust? Are you going to come out of nowhere and say deep dish? Like, what's Ooh. your pizza? Mm, I like thicker crust. Okay. Thicker crust is nice. And then I like I like a lot of cheese on it. You can pick Still it up. It's all, all stringy. And then literally, you can put anything on it but olives, and I'll eat the pizza. Pineapple. What about pineapple? How do you feel about that? This big. This is big. I'll, I'll eat pineapple on pizza. There you go. I like man. this guy. He's, yes. bro, he's checked off all the bar. He's just checked off all the boxes. Every single one of them. His name is Mark Santar, and he is one of the running backs crushing it this year for San Pasqual. Thank you very much for joining us. You can catch him breaking the 200-yard mark on the season and maybe adding a whole another 100 yards to that this Friday night at home versus Westview. Thank you very much for being on with us, man. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.